Welcome back to the show. Today, we are speaking with yoga, sex, and death creator and facilitator, founder of Samarasa Center, Susan Marufo. Susan and I went into a deep conversation about her story and what it has led her to do today because she literally stopped and owned her choices when she recognized that things were not working out in the way that she wanted. And as she recognized, she shares so openly and honestly in this episode how much her life changed when she decided to start making choices that were aligned with the deep calling of her heart. She left the perfect job, marriage, house, all of the things, and all of the things that we're all conditioned to believe that will make us happy. And she went on a very deep exploration into herself to discover the truth of what she wanted in this life, but beyond the confines of what she thought she was to be grateful for. This is such a powerful story of somebody who traveled all over the world looking to create something that felt like it was for her, something that was to use her gifts, as well as helping herself to heal over the last decade and a half. Susan's journey of overcoming trauma and learning to feel and not numb, and it was such a healing journey that literally took her all over the globe until she came to the space of creating her own yoga, sex, and death certification program. We spoke today while she was in Guatemala, very different environment from here. We dove into trauma and understanding, like really, we look at trauma as an event, a specific event, when actually it's a response in our nervous system to the event. We spoke about how do we heal that? How do we move through it? What does it look like? And how, if we can stay open, we actually can step into what we are here to create. And that allows us to cultivate a deeper intimacy with life, with ourselves by learning to surrender and let go and let it unfold the way it is meant to. This is such a beautiful episode. Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I am your host, Marsha Van Weinsberg. I'm a business coach, speaker, and author of the best-selling book, When She Stopped Asking Why. On this podcast, we will use the tips, tools, and strategies used by myself and our speakers to break through and overcome the challenges in our lives. When we take radical responsibility of our choices, create boundaries, grow our courage, and practice self-care, and letting go of what isn't ours to control, we can completely change our stories. When we take full ownership of our stories, we take back our personal power, and this allows us to impact, serve, and support others by showing them that they are not alone and helping them find freedom from their stories. When you own your choices, you truly own your life. Let's dive in. Welcome to the show today, Susan. I'm so thrilled to have you here. I'm so thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me. I love this. Yeah, there's going to be some juicy conversations. I just know it. So if before we even kick off, can you just share with the audience a little bit about who you are? We're going to dive into your story and everything, but I just want to have you do a little nugget share as to who you are. Little nugget shares. <laughs> These are always interesting for me. Okay, so I um, am a yoga and meditation teacher, and I also facilitate groups in the inquiry of yoga, which means a lot of things. We go pretty deep. I do a lot of shadow work, uh, and we can talk about what that means later. But um, that's 
basically what I do, I have my own uh, organization or community called the Samarasa Center. And we started in Los Angeles. I had a physical space in LA. And then when COVID came, we closed it down. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm all online. We have an online community online and membership. And I, now that we don't have the physical space in LA, I just get to move around again. I get to travel. So I'm a, I'm a traveler. Mm -hmm. You definitely, right. You've done a lot of traveling and this is where this started. Like you've been doing yoga teacher training and certifications. If I went back here, when did you start? Okay. Well, I started, um, so my own yoga training or teaching yoga trainings. Let's start with teaching yoga trainings because I know okay. it goes into your own training eventually. Yeah. Well, the first one was I uh, 2012 at um, Kripalu Yoga Center. I was producing yoga trainings, assisting yoga trainings, and teaching in yoga trainings. And so Kripalu Yoga Center is a center. It is the largest yoga center in North America, actually. And it's in Lenox, Massachusetts in the Berkshires. So that was my first experience being on the other side of a teacher training. Mm-hmm. Um, when I, and I also got my own as a student, um, completed my own 500 hour training there as well. That was the second one I had done. Wow. My first one was in 2009 in Thailand. And I mean, how I ended up there is just the whole journey. Well, this is the whole piece, right? The part of your story that I think that we want to dive into because it speaks a lot to who you are, what you do, the work that you do is you made some major changes in 2009 in your own personal life. Yes, there's so much to say, but I was... I'm definitely drawn to your podcast because of this own your choices that really sums it up Mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. And it was actually in 2008, you know, I was in my Mm twenties and um, I was working hard and playing hard and living a life that I thought was the life I should live. You know, you hear these stories a lot, And I just really had that front row seat living this life that I thought, okay, this is what happiness is. Everything I, I learned, like, you know, my parents tell me like, go to college, get a job, marry a good, safe, secure man. And I had done all of those things Mm -hmm. and, um, I was checked the boxes, all the boxes. Yeah. And I was miserable. And I was like drinking myself to death, basically. Um, Were you consciously aware at that time? Or is this just like part of like, this was a coping mechanism? This is like, this was just something. Can you explain a little bit about that that time with us? It was all I knew. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to, you know, when it's just all you know, it's hard to get perspective. It's hard to get outside of it and see yourself from the outside. It was just all I knew. It was what, it's like, I had the job I'm working, you know, I got this great job. I wanted all my friends. We all do this. We drink, we party, we, um, 
work hard. I didn't know how life could be. And so I knew at that time I wasn't happy mm-hmm. and I was pointing the finger outside. <laughs> yeah. And everyone else. And I'm not laughing only because we've oh, all been in this space, yes. right? We're in this space that it's like someone else is someone else's responsibility. Yes. Mm-hmm. That was it. And that was my twenties. And you know, like your twenties, it's, it's mm-hmm. uh, a tough, you're trying to, I was trying to figure out a lot of things and, um, yeah, I was pointing the finger outwards and I was blaming my husband and it's like, you're not this and you need to change and you need to be this. And wow, did I just get a, did I go through an awakening? Like I think about that time now from where I am at 44 mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, Susan, I just want to hug that 28 year old and just, um, just confused, innocent, you know, a big part of the things that I teach is about the innocent nature of mind. But um, yeah, it was innocent. I was confused. And I was thinking it was just the world needed to change and my husband needed to change. And um, so I, I told him, you know, we sat down, I remember the conversation, we sat down at the living room table. And I said, I I just can't do this anymore mm-hmm. and I need to go. I need to figure out what is happening in here. Mm-hmm. And I have exhausted all of the tools that I know that 29 year old Susan had, I had tried everything mm-hmm. that I knew and it, you know, it wasn't working out for me. So I felt like I need to take myself out of this context and just like throw myself out there without a map and try things that I have never tried before. And just, you know, it was just for me. And I'm not saying this is everybody's path, but for me, for sure, it was like I needed to get myself out of the life that I had created for myself. Nobody put me there. Mm-hmm. I put myself there and I felt totally trapped by it, you know, and it was like, who am I if I'm not this person's wife, if I'm not this person's boss, Mm -hmm. if I'm not this person's daughter, it's like, who am I without all of these roles that I have played so well and have not, and I'm not happy you know, mm-hmm. I thought this was it and it's clearly not it for me. So I'm just going to try something totally different. And I left, um, we decided at that time to stay married mm-hmm. while I just kind of went on this journey and, um, I moved to Spain. So I quit my job in advertising. I was a brand manager and um i quit my job and i moved to spain and i found a job teaching little spanish kids english it was just so um enlivening and fun and stress free and it was a way for me to support myself while i was in spain um but really what it did was support that was there it was a big awakening for me because I was getting really deep into my yoga practice 
at mm-hmm. that time. And there was a lot of shedding and a lot of healing and a lot of releasing. And the drinking at that point drastically, um, it didn't stop completely yet. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't drinking as much. And, you know, a part of me was like, what would happen to me if I if I was on my own? Because my ex-husband, or I'll just, his name is Dave, mm-hmm. um, would take care of me. And I wanted to know, like, am I going to end up dead? Will I just, will I, can I take care of myself? Will I just end up dead out there on the street? Am I going to drink myself into this stupor somewhere? Um, I just, but I needed to know. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I actually, what I ended up doing was using that time to get to know myself in deeper ways. That is beautiful. Um, and I do want to unpack that a little bit more. I want to ask one quick question if it's okay. In a sense, just for people who are listening, um, how long did it take you to get to the point? Like what was the the time between recognizing that I'm so unhappy with how this is? I don't know the answer, but I know it's not going to come from staying where I am right now to actually getting the guts to say to your husband, I need out. Like I need, what, what would, what was that time like? Cause we all know, I think a lot of people sit in this energy for sadly a very, very, very long time. Yes. Well, and I did, mm-hmm. you know, I did. I mean, I was doing that for years and years and I think it's when the pain of your life begins to outweigh the fear of change. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I had a huge, I had such a fear of living without my husband. Mm-hmm. Like he was my, it was him and me. And it was just this fear. Like I could never be on my own. Mm-hmm. And man, but I was so unhappy and I felt like I just got to walk through this fear because, because I'm going to choose my own life. Mm-hmm. I've got to choose my life. Me, like, what do I want? I've got to choose me. And even if it means letting go of this, this, person with this fear that I had of, of letting go. Um, I just chose me. It was, it felt like, you know, it wasn't even a choice, Marsha. Like Mm -hmm. it, it felt like if I want to live, this is what I'm going to do. And I think it's about making that choice to live. Yeah. Yeah. And knowing like, this is that, this is my, I, I often say sometimes like every single choice we're making takes us to where we are today. And that sometimes we have to look at it because we are the common denominator to everything that's happening in our life. Sometimes that's hard to hear, but we are. And then it becomes that point that it's like, okay, if I want something different, I have to be open to making a different choice. Do I know which one of the next like five options is the right choice? No. 
But as I often say, like, if you looked at five doors, sometimes as humans, we spend forever in the hallway trying to pick the perfect door when there's still literally shit behind every single door. Like you'll figure it out as you go, but you have to pick one in order to go. So was it very clear for you that, you know what, this is going to, this has to end right now. And it looks like it's going to be Spain. Was it literally how it unfolded? Um, this might sound a little bit out there, but I really felt during that time guided. I just, I felt 100% like there was something Mm -hmm. moving through me. Once I decided and made this decision, because it's like a, you know, life can feel sometimes it felt like for me at that time Mm -hmm. that there was a train moving at a hundred miles per hour. And there was no way for me to get off. That's how it felt. It feels like this is so heavy to break out of. And then I just did. And I made this inner decision to jump. And I think once I said it out loud to my husband at the time, Mm -hmm. my parents, Mm -hmm. it was like everything just started conspiring to send me on my way. And Mm -hmm. from that point on, I felt totally guided. And it it was an amazing experience. There were so many things that were happening at that time, like Mm -hmm. synchronicities. And I, it makes me really believe in the power of, you know, there's like that, the saying that says the universe will conspire to help you if you if you allow it, if you're open, if you, and and I, I 100% believe and, and acknowledge and feel that it doesn't mean I don't get in my own way sometimes almost like, cause I'm like, when, why is this not happening right now? Oh, sure. because we're human, but there are times if we can stop and recognize that we are being supported and we are supported in some ways that maybe would not have recognized as support at the time. But when we look back at it, it's like, no, I was actually supported. That actually was the right, the right step. So you go to Spain, you're like sitting, you're teaching kids English, enjoying and loving. And how long did you stay in Spain for? I was in Spain for a year. And that year was like, um, there's a Joan Didion book called um, The Year of Magical. It was like this year of a, an awakening. There was just awakening happening because I was really deep into my practice of yoga. And it was about learning to be in my body. I had been very disconnected and, you know, numbing and dissociated with, with the alcohol, with the, you know, anything can be a drug. And yes, I just started to come back. Um, and unfreeze and just melted and came came back into my body and started to feel things you know and that's it's um if you haven't been given the tools and most of us have not Mm-mm. like just how to feel it is not an easy it's like wow and there's a reason why i think a lot of us numb or shut down to feeling because it's we're not taught how to do it. And it's a, it's strong. It's like, so it's uncomfortable. And so we, we learn to just push it, push it down and push it away because fuck, 
emotions. <laughs> and um, so it was a year of just feeling like all the things were coming to the surface that, that I had now that I had stopped drinking as much and really mm-hmm. made a conscious decision to be in my body and feel in my practice. And um, so much was coming and I was feeling my way through it. And there was a lot of digestion and integration and um, a lot of healing during that time. It was, it was um, an awakening. And I don't mean like, it just, there was an expanding happening in my life. Mm-hmm. Things felt very expansive. And I was, I had some perspective outside of my little Susan experience. Um, things started to just really open up. And so that was a year. I was there for a year. And then I decided to just go get my yoga teacher training mm-hmm. from there. It just was like, this is the obvious next step. This is what I love. This mm-hmm. is what this mm-hmm. is what I want to put my energy and my time into. It's what I'm valuing. And I I can't go back. Um, so then I just found this school online okay. that I resonated with. And it happened to be in Thailand. It was just a gut feeling. I'm like, this is the one. And then I went. So then you moved to Thailand. Yep. Okay. Yes. And what was that experience like? Oh God, Marsha. <laughs> it was like, Dorothy, you are not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, it was, it's like nothing I had ever experienced. Um, number one, I was in this foreign country, but not, not, it was foreign, foreign to me, like not like Europe or it was like Asia and everything felt so foreign. And I loved it because at the time I was just thirsty for something different and experience. And the school was, um, they were teaching yoga like I had never experienced in the States. It was very esoteric. Mm-hmm. It was very philosophical. It it was um, just all so new. And the community I later found out was a tantric community, what, which is a whole other thing. Okay. What is that? Can you say it again? Yes. Tantric community. Okay. So there is a form of tantra. There's a form of yoga called tantra yoga. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, you know what a lot of people, maybe I think some of your listeners might um, connect it with. It's like seeing on a po- on a radio show or at some point said he could have orgasms for like eight hours because he does like Tantra yoga or something. That was years ago. That was like a big thing, like maybe 15 years ago. Um, anyway. So a lot of people think about Tantra as um, that it has to do with sex Mm -hmm. and um, it actually does not. The classical tradition of Tantra does not have much to do with sex, Mm -hmm. Um, but it is a path 
that is, it's all inclusive. It's a path that does not denounce the physical body or the world, or it's just everything is God. It says, basically, everything is here to wake you up. Any, everything can be, um, everything is here for your liberation. So um, there's, there's that. And, and also this community was deep in sexual exploration as well. That I don't know. What was that like? I don't even know what question to ask on that because part of me wants that. <laughs> like, and I'm like, hmm, what was that like? Because I know that leads into the work that you. Right. So I think it's an important piece of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because I teach co- a course called Yoga, Sex, and Death. Mm-hmm. And that curriculum is built around my own personal journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and a big part of it is the journey that started when I was there on that island. Mm-hmm. Um, the the issue I have after the fact was that these two things were conflated. Like there was a lot of sexual exploration and there was classical tantric teachings, but it wasn't made clear to me and to a lot of us at the time that Tantra is not actually about sexuality. And so we all thought we were practicing Tantra and it wasn't the case. There is something called Neo-Tantra, which is like, you know, the new Tantra where people, um, it's all about sacred sexuality Mm -hmm. and I'm good with it. And I practiced it and I was in it and there was a lot of healing in there for me. And I just am very, as a, as a teacher, I'm very clear that they are separate things. It's like, let's call sacred sexuality, sacred sexuality, and let's call Tantra, Tantra, and not confuse the two things. And that's all, you know, I feel pretty strongly about that. Um, So I mean, it was, it it was one of these things where even in my marriage, I was like, my, it's him, Mm -hmm. it's him. And just not willing to turn the finger, you know, this way, not willing to look. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I was ready at that time to start exploring and, um, digging into my own sexuality mm-hmm. um it's and a tricky heal. one right and heal it, it's a tricky it's a, a tricky in a sense because um we come from very similar generations like time-wise it, it, sexuality was not talked about it was definitely taboo it was definitely not not something that was communicated and if I think back to my gym, my health classes, it was like literally talked about from the standpoint of how babies are made like that, like that's it. There was not much talk about sexuality. So that's a, that like, that's a topic that is unfortunately not talked about often and not explored about often. And so if you come from that and that's your experience, 
that also might not be an easy topic to come into in a marriage and a conversation. And it, you know, it's unfortunately because it does carry such taboo with it that I'm sure it was a very, I don't know, interesting time as you started to explore more on this. Well, and also, you know, doing this work now, I started teaching in 2009 and we're 2022. So doing this work with women, especially, mm-hmm. I see woman after woman after woman after woman, I mean, hundreds, hundreds mm-hmm. who have experienced some kind of sexual trauma. Right. It's actually really disturbing the numbers that you would find. I, I know I recently heard a stat. I cannot think, so I'm not going to say it off the top of my head. It's disturbing. It's like quite, it's quite high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and I, I'm with them and I'm see them and I, I've experienced my own and I, that not, not um, giving yourself the space and um, the time and the compassion to to look at those things mm-hmm. can, for me, they kept me um, very blocked and not just sexually, but in life, in oh. in life. You know? Okay, so you're. I didn't know we were going to go here, which is I think is is it's all perfect, right? Because I we we kind of had this agreement before we started. We're like wherever it goes is where it goes. Yeah. Um. I think that it's interesting because if we look at the number of women who have experienced some sort of sexual trauma assault in their history, and a majority of them were probably like just move on and don't talk about it. So now it's like I had trauma and now I have shame because it was my fault. And now I don't talk about it. How can it possibly not affect relationships? Like, like how is it possible not to? And for some of us, those conversations happened when we were young like young, not a word. I, I, I've shared openly on the show that I did have an experience and I was 12 and I went to my parents, God bless them. Like I, this was a different time and it involved police. It was very, very vocal. It was a big, it was not something to hide from. And I remember being told at the end of the night was that we're going to bed. We will never have a conversation about this again. I was like, okay, but okay. And, Mm -hmm. and so deep down, these women will bury this feeling of, okay, that's a bad thing to talk about. And since it's a bad thing to talk about, I must have done something bad. Yes. Yes. And you said it, the shame that comes, I'm, I've done something. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is it. This is all connected to the numbing. It's like, we don't, and you also nailed it when you said intimacy. It's not even just about sexuality. It's about intimacy with others, intimacy with ourselves. It's like, you know, that piece where I'm saying I was getting into my body for the first time, it felt like that's intimacy. Mm-hmm. That's me. You know, if you break down the word into me, see, mm-hmm. it's like seeing myself. And I think a lot of us, that's what we really want is to see ourselves. And we think that we want others. We want it from others. And and we do 
But ultimately, people can be giving us and see like all the attention and seeing us and hearing us. But if I am not capable of doing that for myself, I can't even receive it. I can't even bring it in. No, no, you nailed something there. And I know like as Brene Brown says, like, and I love a lot of the, a lot of the work that she does, but she does say like the number one human feeling that we are all searching for is connection and it's, it's connection. We want to feel connection. How can we feel connection with others? If we are not allowing ourselves to even listen to be in tune with ourselves, connecting to ourselves, honoring what we need, like I think it's, there's no one who's going to fix that. It's it, we have to do this first. That's it. And that's why that going back to that whole feeling, like how to do that to me, it's learning how to feel. And so that shame, all those things that we've pushed down, Mm -hmm. it's learning to be with it and to just kind of a little excavation, Mm -hmm. um, but gently and and, you know, there's no forcing this. It's not anything that can be forced. No. It's it's when the time is right and you feel like the time is right. Um, it's going to those places and just holding them gently and innocently, just understanding the the way that it all works. The intelligent function of the nervous system mm-hmm. is, you know, it's, it's astounding. Its job is to protect you know, it's an important piece of trauma. Let me first define the way I'm using the word trauma. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think that trauma is actually, uh, and I want to be super clear. I am not a trauma therapist. I, I am, I am a yogini. I'm a, I've come through all of this by way of yoga. And mm-hmm. so I just want to say that, but um, trauma, a lot of us think of as like an event that happened a situation that occurred when in actuality trauma is a response in our nervous systems to an event or a situation that happened so what the nervous system does so thankfully and intelligently is in a moment when we are perceiving something is just too much for us it splits off and puts that part away so that the rest of the person, the rest of you can function, Mm -hmm. can survive in what's happening in the moment. So how kind and how wise and thank you for that. You know, that's how I feel about it. The intelligence of the nervous system that has the ability to do that. And then it's like, okay, now we've got to go back for those parts. Because if we don't, mm-hmm. they just stay frozen. They're these little frozen pieces. We could, we could, I'm a, I do, you know, I'm a yoga teacher. So I say energy. They're um, frozen pieces of energy that don't get updates like the rest of our body does. You know, they don't get the energetic updates. And so they stay frozen at like five years old, at 12 years old, at 20. And unless we can learn to, to gently go back for them mm-hmm. and integrate them through just compassionate feeling to hold the space for these parts that never really got to complete the cycle 
of feeling. Mm -hmm. It's like they got interrupted. Energy just needs, you know, it can never be created or it's, it's can't be destroyed. Mm -hmm. So it just wants to complete its cycle. Which is why the same, like similar situations will keep like resurfacing, resurfacing over and over. And we hold on to, so we don't even realize we're holding on to it. This is like deep subconscious work, which is the stuff I love to um, unpack and look at. And I, I just want to say, like, I love how you said that we, th- we tend to think of trauma as an event. And I think because we think of trauma as an event, it's easier for us to, it's easy for us to fall into this, but my trauma is not as bad as what she's going through or right. what she went through. So mm, I don't need to talk about it. And that all that does is just shove it down even more as opposed to it's a response in our nervous system to the event. Absolutely. And there's all different kinds of trauma. There's intergenerational trauma, there's systemic trauma, there's Mm -hmm. attachment process trauma. There's different kinds, but the body, the important thing to know is that the body doesn't differentiate, right? It's not like, oh, this is the big T trauma or, oh, this is, it's just a response that happens in any moment. So that idea that somebody else's trauma is, is just bigger than mine and mine doesn't matter. It's like, I know I actually experiencing it. It matters. Well, and I would even go as far as that, that mentality is what keeps this a problem. Like it's that mentality, which keeps it because we're still selectively numbing parts of it and not dealing with it. I mean, that's like, you could do a whole episode on trauma, but I think I love what you're saying. And I think it's so important. So obviously this was a very big part of your journey and lessons and learning. Yeah. And you, could you look back and see, oh my, there's a lot of my life that I was numbing. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And dissociating and like leaving my body, you know, mm-hmm. numbing, dissociating, or the fight, you know, the fighting. I mean, when, you know, I was talking to my parents, I went to go visit them and we talk about some of this stuff now. And they were like, I just had no idea that you felt so um, afraid because you were so, you were always fighting. You were like fighting us. And I was like, you know, this is dad. This is a trauma response you know, mm-hmm. the fight. Mm-hmm. It, it's just helpful to have this information when you're relating to others as well, obviously as yourself, because it's like a lens of understanding, right? Have you ever had the experience where you're in relate, you're relating to somebody and they like erupt over something that seems like a very small thing to you. And it's like, they're talking to somebody else right? It's like, wow, they're, they're, this isn't, this doesn't, this is the first time that we've had this conversation, but there's so much here. It seems Mm -hmm. like they're talking to like somebody else. That's the, like when a person has that kind of reaction, like that over the top reaction that is almost disproportionate to the level of conversation that you're having, you know, that has just stirred up. Like this is old past stuff that's just yes. come up. And I, I mean, I've seen it and I've been that person. Yes. I know I've been that person me where too. it's like, why, what is wrong with me? Why did I react that way? Well, it had nothing, it had very little to do with this immediate conversation. And it had a whole lot to do with words that were left unsaid for long periods of time. 
Yes. And mm-hmm. that's the trauma. That's the, it's a, it's a something that's stuck in our system. Mm-hmm. We put a filter mm-hmm. over all of our experiences, everybody we meet, everybody we come to, we're looking at through those lenses. Mm-hmm. And so the way yoga comes in there is that yoga is about looking at those lenses so that we can start to clean them up, clear them up a little bit and see reality as it is. And that's the yogic piece, you know? So, so all of this to me has come through this, you know, a yo- very yogic understanding of trauma. Mm-hmm. Like when I was doing all of that stuff in Spain, that was trauma work for me, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a, like a catch phrase back then. It wasn't trending. It wasn't, it was just what was happening. I didn't have words for any of it. I didn't even, I didn't have yoga terms for it. I didn't have, I just, it was just something that was happening. And now I look back through all of the yoga study that I've done and all of the trauma study that I have done. And it's like so clear, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, now it's all so clear and, um, and it helps me in my present in the present moment, because I think a lot of the things I was holding on to, not all of them, definitely, but a lot of the things I was really holding on to have been integrated mm-hmm. and felt and seen and heard, and they're not running the show anymore. Um, so, you know, and there, there are other things that come, but it is definitely a an inward journey. It's a self-responsibility journey. Um, own your choices. Yeah, I was, and that was one of the first things you said is how those words spoke to you. And I think you've, that's, that's literally been the path that you have been on is that's when it started. When you went, this is not working. I know I need to address this. It's uncomfortable. I don't want to hurt him, but I know I'm numbing and this is not where I want to be. And then as you continued to explore more in the realm of, you know, yoga for you, you start to understand trauma, how your body's held on to it, what it's done. That then led you, like, where was the leap between that and you all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, but saying, like, I'm going to create my own certification. I'm going to create my own program here because um, I, I'm assuming where this leads into, right? Talking yoga, um, sex and death creator and facilitator. So I would love it if you would explain, like, where did that connection come from? And how did you get to this space of knowing that you were meant to create something more? I remember it was just moving through me. I was in Thailand. I was in a bungalow. I was um, practicing a lot of yoga. And it was literally writing itself, the curriculum. That was back in 20... um, gosh, maybe 2014. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, there's something, you know, as also, I want to say this piece as, as your nervous system starts to settle and a lot of, you know, in releasing and in, in integration happens, it's like, I become a safe space for myself. Mm-hmm. And when that feels safe, creativity starts to, then it's like, okay, now things are flowing. And wow, I just felt like there was, it was such a creative time in my, in my life. But this one in particular, the curriculum of yoga, sex and death and the exercises and the, how everything was going to flow. It just came out 
in 2014. And then I taught it for the first time in 2014. Mm-hmm. Now, the course itself has changed over the years because my path keeps changing. Of course. And um, it, it, it originally started as a six-week course. Mm-hmm. And then I started a couple of years ago teaching it as what I've been wanting to do for all these years, an immersive experience, a retreat. Mm-hmm. And uh, that just, wow, it just kind of blew everything open again. And, um, and a lot of the women who do yoga, sex and death are repeaters. They, it's like their third, their fourth time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was aware that they, they want, there was more, they wanted something more. And I wanted to give them a path to go deeper. And there's definitely more in this heart and mind to go deeper. <laughs> so, so I created YSC level two. Mm-hmm. And then I had, I had um, two women at the time that were interested in in becoming facilitators themselves. And they have been women who have done a lot of work with me over the years. And so then we did, okay, let's do the facilitator training. So that's YSD three. So now we have YSD one, which you can take as a six week course or um, as a retreat. I also offer it online, YSC Basics online. Mm-hmm. It's an online course. So you can, it's a self-paced course. And it's a lot of the basic ideas. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if you're if 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 yoga, sex, and death sounds like a little bit too much, it's like, okay, well, we have this online course. You can test it out there and just dip your toe in and see if it's something that you want to go deeper with. Um, so those are the different formats for YSC one. And then now there's a YSC two, which goes a lot deeper. Um, and that's spaced out into eight different modules, um, over the course of the year. And we just posted the new dates for 2023. I'm, I'm going through it now. We've been in a journey, um, with a, with a group of women that are going through, um, level two now, and then also level three level, the ones I'm training for women right now, small group. I think I will limit it to four women mm-hmm. for four facilitator trainings a year. Level two is just open and uh, level one is just, it's open. Level three, it's like four is what I feel comfortable now training. Um, so that the work can continue to ripple outwards Mm -hmm. and I'm I'm very much aware of my what I'm energetically capable of and up for and what feels good for me and I'm one person you know and I Mm -hmm. so the vision is just outgrowing the one person yes I relate to that I understand (laughs) that it's like yeah yes it grows but it's like, it also has to grow in stages that you can handle that expansion because in order for it to last and be something that fits within your life is at the same time. Yeah. Sustainable, mm-hmm. digestible, mm-hmm. all of those things so that it, you can give it a solid foundation. I have moved slow. I am a, it seems that that's the way I move through the world is like at a very slow 
pace and I'm, it feels really good to me to have found that rhythm, my own rhythm and to move at that rhythm. And I feel so invested and so in love and so passionate about this program. And it has, there's been so much work um, that has gone into it and so much love and heart that I'm, I'm very protective of it. So I just, I move slowly and it's important that it has a solid foundation mm-hmm. um, and that it's not just something that is, it's very intentional, very conscious. It's not something that has been thrown together. So I completely relate to that. Can I, can I ask you then for somebody who might be listening, how, who is it for? Who is it like, who is the ideal person that this retreat would be for? This retreat is for anybody who is looking for deeper intimacy in their life with themselves and in their relationships. And that is the theme. That is one of the themes that connects yoga, sex, and death, Mm -hmm. which is intimacy. And I love that you used that word like really early on because the name is yoga, sex, and death. And so a lot of people think like, oh, we're going to do, we're going to like have sex with each other. We're going to have to take our clothes off. And really it's not that kind of, Mm -hmm. what we're doing is looking at our blockages, our, our blockages to ourselves as sexual beings. Mm -hmm. And like a lot of what we've talked about here and how that is inhibiting us from having the relationships that we want and the life that we want that intimacy and yoga is takes us there and so does the sexual exploration and ultimately you know to death mm-hmm. intimacy with death and i think that death piece can sound scary but it's like who out there listening has not experienced change Mm-hmm. transformation mm-hmm. somebody comes in your life and then they leave and or there's just so many ways we experience change in the day-to-day and it's all an opportunity to practice letting go ah uh, isn't that one of the biggest challenges that we all face is that piece of yeah i I've always been one of the questions I've always asked myself and I use it when I'm trying to make decisions that are, that feel big, that feel like scary um, is if I come to the end of my life and I look back, well, I regret that I didn't try this X, Y, Z, whatever it is. And that is always like, that's just one of my questions that I go back and ask myself. And it might sound very deep and strange to some people, but I don't take it lightly. And then if it, if the answer is yes, I would regret it. Then, then I in turn tend to go back and say yes to the opportunity and I'll figure it out as I go. I don't know how to, but if I feel like is my deep subconscious, will I regret if I don't try this, if I don't take this step, if it's an immediate, yes, it's like, okay, I'm following this path next. Like this is the next path. So I, I actually, again, it's, you've put two words into a title or a certification or program 
that are not always talked about, or they are seen in a sense of like, ooh, we don't do that. We don't speak about that. We don't speak. Nobody wants to speak about death. Well, it is the one thing that's going to affect all of us. It it is. It just is. Nobody gets out alive. Nobody gets out alive. Like nobody <laughs> does. So I think it's it's I think it's interesting and bold what you've done. And 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 I love that and how you've explained that. Now I know you mentioned earlier you do have a retreat coming up in October. I do October 15th um through the 22nd in Guatemala and Lake Atitlan, beautiful Lake Atitlan. I'm I'm here in the lake in Lake Atitlan right now. It's, Is that where you are? I was going to ask you. I have no idea where you are right now. Guatemala. Uh, yeah, I'm in I'm in Lake Atitlan and um it is one of the eighth wonders of the world. It is just so beautiful. It's a high altitude lake, but um, yeah, it is the, this is also the first time I'm doing this retreat with both men and women up until this point, it's been only women mm-hmm. and um, it is growing and progressing. Okay. And so I am including, I just was looking for the right man for many years, not in any rush, but I found a, a partner to co-facilitate mm. that I feel like is the mm-hmm. perfect person to hold this kind of space and um, with me right alongside with me. So we are now going to be including men and women, singles and couples. And that's October 15th. Yes. At a beautiful resort here on the lake called mm. Via Sumaya. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, I'll make sure that we have all of your information there in the show notes and everything that is available. Um, Cause I can't wait. We had, I don't think we've even connected online social media wise. And if we have, I apologize, but I I lose track sometimes, but um, I definitely will be um, following you to learn more. I love everything that you've shared. Um, there's so many pieces of it that I just want to say, like, I just want to commend you for diving in and doing the work and listening to those pulls that something is not right in your own life and then continuing without attachment to how it's going to unfold. Cause now you're in, you're not where you started, but you're in such a beautiful space and place, right? Because you were not attached to how it was supposed to unfold and it's unfolded in so many incredible ways. Well, thank you. Yeah, it has, it, um, been worth it. Mm-hmm. Been worth it. And I want that to land to it. If you could speak one sentence into somebody who is listening or one or two sentences who says, okay, but my life is a mess right now. And I can't even picture like being in that space. Cause I'm sure this is probably not what you pictured for yourself back in 2008 and 2009. No, no. No. What would you say no. to them if they're thinking, you know, I, we know that level of unrest. We know that level of like something is not right. It doesn't feel right. We're numbing. <clears throat> We're not addressing pieces of our life and what's happening. How would you speak to that person? I say, would just be gentle with yourself. Be that. gentle with yourself. It You can't, <laughs> you can't force the river. And the more you tell yourself you should be somewhere other than where you are, the more pain and suffering you cause yourself. So just be very gentle. And if you feel, if you feel like you are ready to be supported, have some outside support, there are groups and there are communities and there are people. And here I am 
and here's Samarasa, and here's Yoga, Sex, and Death. Um, find people that you can feel held by and supported by. There, you're not alone. No, there are others out there. We're here. I'm here. So true. That is so true. We're never, it's again, a lot of the times we feel like we are alone or we're isolated is because we're doing that to ourselves because we're not allowing ourselves to be heard. We're afraid of what others are going to say, what they're going to think. And we only perpetuate that isolation even more. Absolutely. It's like, if you find yourself, I say this a lot, if you find yourself saying often, this person doesn't see me, this person doesn't hear me. Mm-hmm. This person, like I'm not being seen. That is the little cue that, that like, okay, well, are you allowing yourself to be vulnerable? Are you allowing yourself to be seen? So just looking at those things, it, Own, owning your choices. There's so much freedom in it. You know, it's oh, not about self-blame. It's no. not about like, oh God, just beating yourself up. It's just noticing, just mm-hmm. noticing. And with a lot of like, oh, okay. Maybe, dare I say, even a sense of humor about it. It's okay to see yourself. You can do all of that in a non-self-deprecating way, but I actually had to shift um, something I had to do in my own life because I had to shift from resistance to like a sense of humor. I literally had to, I because it, the more I resisted things, the more it just, it stays, right? What you resist persists. And I would get to a space of just laughing in a fun way, not self-deprecating everybody calm down but in a fun way right. of like okay Marsha <laughs> wow you know what like are you aware that you've done this like six times this hour like this hour do you know you've done that six times what are you doing like what are you doing and I just try and bring a sense of humor to it to lighten yes. it is what yes. I would try and do I still do that but yes lighten it up what's the yeah. big deal it's just yeah. the mind being the mind you know yep. no big deal no, no big deal no it's job just, just it's, doing its job. It's just doing its job. It's exactly what it's doing. Oh, I will make sure everything you have is in the um, show notes, but where's the best place to connect, follow, learn more about what you do? Okay. Samarasacenter.com mm-hmm. is our website. And we do have a, a link for your guests. Mm-hmm. Um, if you Uh, We have a little discount for the retreat, the October retreat. Oh, awesome. Um, And I don't know that it made it into the form, but it's samarasacenter.com slash podcast. Nope. But I will make sure that that will be, because I'm looking at the notes right now. I'm like, oh, I missed that. But that's okay. We'll make sure that that is available and that that is there. It's $300 off the retreat price. Um, And our Instagram Follow us on Instagram. It's Mm -hmm. Samarasa Center. Mm -hmm. And we post a lot there about the retreat content that you can expect from the retreat. And you can meet some of the team that I'm training to be facilitators. And maybe you want to do one with them. Mm -hmm. So um, there's those are the two main ways. Instagram and our website will give you all the good stuff. Beautiful. Thank you. I'll make sure everything is in there and it's all there in the show notes. Um, I have loved this conversation. I know we could do even deeper dives in on all of those pieces because they're, I'll tell you something, they are far more important than what people realize when it comes to intimacy, not feeling, numbing, like pushing it aside, pushing through, being that fighter, doing the things. Yeah. Your whole life. 
Yeah. It's your whole life. Yeah. I, I don't know how you do these, like how to, I, I would just be talking all day long with people. Exactly. It's like, it is a skill to be able to get all the good things and, you know, in a timely manner, you know, it is challenging. I, there are times it's challenging because there's times I'm like, I get so into it. And I'm like, okay, you got to, got to keep going, but it's all good. Honestly, I've loved the, I've loved this conversation and I think it's so incredibly important. I have one more question to ask you. What lesson in life are you most grateful for? Oh, um, <laughs> well, truth will set me free. Mm-hmm. Truth will set me free. And, um, it's not to believe everything I think it's that's where my freedom is. It's not in another person. It's up here. Oh, I just, I thank you for sharing. I'm only chuckling because don't believe everything. I think like that's, that is, that is truth right there. That is absolute truth right there. So very, very potent and valuable. Honestly, thank you so much for everything that you've shared for this connection for having the conversation that, you know, it's, I love having conversations on the show where we can dive into the topics that people aren't talking about. So you've done that exactly today and by sharing so much of your story. So honestly, thank you so much for being here today. I'm grateful for the connection. Thank you, Marcia. I really appreciate being here and I really appreciate you creating a space that feels safe to have these conversations, you know, like from the beginning, you were like, let's, let's get into the things. And I just, I'm so grateful for these kinds of spaces and for you for creating them. So my gratitude is extended back. Received. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. If you love this episode, please submit a rating and review on iTunes and please share it with someone you think could benefit from hearing this message or this podcast. I love connecting and meeting you. So please screenshot the episode and tag me on social media or Instagram stories at Marsha Van W. And until next time, remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life.